Before we get started today, I wanted to invite you to join us in our upcoming D2C workshop, uh, Stand Out with Snapchat, which is a course that we're putting together in partnership with Van Oaks, who's uh, the 2019-2020 Snap Star of the Year, as well as Grayson Rudsky, who's a senior media buyer at Pilothouse. We're putting together a curriculum to teach you everything you need to know about how to run Snapchat in 2021. It is time to diversify your, your traffic away from just Facebook and Google, add a new traffic source, reach almost everyone who's under 25 and learn exactly how to do it, uh, how to build the right type of creatives, how to structure your campaigns, um, and a number of other things in this two-day workshop, January 14th and 15th. Next week, go to learn.directtoconsumer.co slash Snapchat. That's learn.directtoconsumer.co slash Snapchat to join. You can join for $1 right now. You can. We're doing a $1 trial where you can join this workshop and get full access to D2C Plus uh, for just $1. So go there now. You can also just go to d2cplus.co and get the membership there. Thanks very much. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday and I'm Eric Dick. And today we are here with a good friend of Pilot House, a good friend of all of ours, D Dang from Right Hook Media. So D someone that uh, we have, I think it's called soul bonding. Uh, when you travel to multiple uh, foreign places with people and you uh, have adventures, you sort of soul bond with them. And so that's what happened with D. And so now he's coming on our podcast. And D is a you know an amazing uh, marketer. He uh, Right Hook is is quite a uh, an enterprise he's got going there. He's also sort of a, a real become a, a bit of a thought leader right now in this iOS 14 situation that we're all facing as advertisers. So we thought it'd be a great idea to come in, catch up with him, and uh, and chat a little bit about this as well as some other very exciting things for how to mitigate it for the business models that will best mitigate the troubles caused by iOS 14. Very excited about that. We also have COO Andrew Stern. And co uh, as well as Pilot House co-founder Kyle Hitchcock, who is the CRO, I guess at this point. Uh, but welcome everyone. D, how are you doing? I am good. I am uh, a lot settled compared to yesterday after watching that Facebook webinar, and it was just like it was just question mark emojis just popping up over my head, going like, "Wait, uh, oh, are, can you guys explain this one more time, please?" It's the yeah, worry it was, in their um, voice that that freaks me out a little bit. It's the urgency in their messages to us on our platform. It's the the worry that the bitterness of like, why are they doing this? But let's start. Let's start for people a little bit more at the top. Uh, who can give us just a rundown of exactly what's happening, as far as we know it, in a nutshell? Who, who in this room? Yeah, yeah. Shotgun let's not. go. Let's go, Andrew. Why don't you start? I was, waiting, I was waiting for D to go, but that's, that's yeah. all good. I mean. At this point, uh, you know, talking about that webinar uh, yesterday, I think that was really the first kind of, um, you know, true uh, view into what is actually happening. Uh, up until this point, it's really, you know, been a lot of hearsay, a lot of finger pointing. Um, and it's interesting because the way that webinar started yesterday, it was still continued with some finger pointing. Uh, you know, the I first love it. But 15... back up even more. Give give our like any viewers out there who don't even who are in the dark right now about what's happening with iOS 14. Why we're all talking about this constantly right now? What's happening with iOS 14? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll. Uh... 
yeah, it's it's basically, I mean, iOS 14 itself has been out for a while. So it's not actually iOS 14. People kind of, um, you know, it's a good headline. It makes sense. But, but this is something that has been planned with iOS 14 uh, from, you know, the start of iOS 14, uh, where Apple has basically decided to empower users to decide how they're going to be tracked. Uh, or if they're going to be tracked uh, um, on kind of online platforms. Uh, and, you know, this, this is not an unusual move, uh, but the way in which Apple is approaching it, it is very unusual. Uh, you know, there is there's little to no uh, industry um, kind of collaboration going on with this. This is literally Apple, uh, you know, in their minds, taking a stand for users and uh, giving them the ability to uh, stop apps from from tracking them um, and, and web experiences from tracking them. And so what they did is, you know, back in the summer, they talked about releasing this. Um, and I think that there was some pushback. I mean, there's obviously still pushback, but they kind of realized how disruptive it would be to many different stakeholders. Uh, and they kind of put the brakes on it and decided uh, to, to kind of take a bit more time. And uh, now we're, we're actually at this crossroads again, um, where they've taken the time, but maybe they haven't still consulted with all these stakeholders in, in terms of what the exact impacts are going to be to the ecosystem, uh, to the online ecosystem, um, uh, but they're going to do it anyways. So, uh, you know, here, here's us uh, as agency owners, as, uh, you know, users online um, that, you know, are going to be affected in many different ways. And we're all trying to kind of unravel that uh, and, and unwrap it and, and figure out uh, how to live within it. Um, and that being said, you know, before we kind of get into those details is like, the weird part about it is that this could happen any minute. Um, and not not meaning that in an alarmist way. It's just that, like, uh, we, we all are in the same boat and it's actually kind of a unifying thing. Uh, and uh, it's, it's uh, you know, we could take a positive look at this and, and figure it out to all together. Uh, but, you know, it's an interesting thing that's happening that, that I'm excited to talk about. And so users are going to get a prompt, like you say, any minute. They've sort of said, I think we, I was listening into a chat yesterday, uh, people, because this is not just going to affect Facebook as well. Things like Snapchat will be affected. Uh, Snapchat has said, I think it was March or something is when Snapchat is told this is going to be happen, happening. But then, but, but Tim Cook, or, or has just sort of said it's going to be happening in, in the early part of January or early part of Q1, I think he said. And literally what's going to happen? Users are going to get a pop-up that says what, D? You're muted, by the way. So, yeah, so that that that's the part that was that's interesting, right? So one, um, this is a this is imposed by Apple as an honesty honesty system for the apps within the app store. So in other words, voluntarily as an app developer, you flash the prompt, you have some control over the copy. Um, we were joking yesterday on Clubhouse that um, the maybe they should hire, because it's 140 characters, I think. Maybe should, they should hire the person that handles like Wendy's Twitter to, to do the copy, but it's gonna be the most important 140 characters for Facebook. Um, and, and so, it's, it's set by Facebook. They, they put, they flash the prompt to stay compliant. And here's the interesting part. To my understanding, it's an opt-in as the main function. So it's, would, will you allow this app to track your usage 
uh, allow, and it's do not allow, allow, I, I forget what the top line option is, but it's more so placing focus on the opt-in. So by association, the default is to be opted out. And, you know, there were a whole bunch of conversations around that. Um, and this comes down to IDFA, you know, the identifier for advertisers and what advertisers can do with that and the cross-domain tracking. So a lot of far-reaching implications, measurement, optimization, business tools, uh, it, it goes fairly deep on that side. And even on the campaign setup side, like one of the questions I wanted to ask with like how much more of a pain in the ass is this going to be for Facebook advertisers? Like just in terms of how you even set up your campaigns and how, like, I guess let's, let's go back a little bit more. To on that though, let's, yeah. let's remember, this is not a Facebook thing. This is a global internet shockwave, yeah. right? Like we're talking about one platform that we buy traffic on. This is every a app. Lot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Is, is Google effect. I haven't heard Google effect about it as much. I haven't heard so much about the Google chatter. Google's been very tight-lipped. We've been talking to our reps on Google and they're like, we're working on something as well. We just don't have an official response. Um, naturally, you know, Google's got their own thing going on, right? Privacy Sandbox, uh, that's Google's own little version of dealing with uh, web transparency and privacy and all that. Um, that's evolving. And, and you know, they, they, they've given, at least Google's gone, okay, we're going to give everyone enough headway. 2022 is when we think third-party cookies are going to get deprecated on the Chrome um, platform or at least a Chrome tool. Uh, but for, we were talking to a Google rep and they were saying for, for now, the best thing you can do is if you're using Google 360, you know, just parse all the data through, at least you're capturing the data. And also then, you know, if there is a LAT limit ad tracking, um, hashed like a binary one or zero to that, at least you still have that data and it parses all the way through to your Google 360 suite. Um, we're also exploring GTM on that side, but yeah, Google's got going at, at this point, we don't have a, an official kind of response, but we're, we're keeping Good our ear close to the ground on that side. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Official so back response up. is yeah. we don't have any idea. Yeah. Just like Facebook's one yesterday, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. they put it in the deck. Andrew, yeah. you nailed it, I think, when you talked about about just how unprecedented it is for a major player like this to build in such a way that is so, you know, disharmonious from the whole industry and isn't even checked, isn't isn't building in a way that checks in with with other partners. It's, it really seems like a like a dick move a little bit, you know, well, I, I mean, in, in their because they still minds, have their own ad network, don't they? Don't they have their own ad network they where they're using this data? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's some hypocrisy for sure, uh, but you know, in in their mind, they they don't feel like dicks in the sense no. of you know the you users are their are, are, the users are their their focal point, um, and in their mind, they're they're being um, you know they're they're acting on that behalf and they're yep. doing a good thing, and you know. That, that's sometimes what I have to remind myself as well is that I'm also a user and I care about my privacy. I care about uh, what people do with my data as well. And so it's not that these moves are the wrong moves. It's it's the nature in which some of these moves are done. And um, that, that that really, you know, is, is questionable. Uh, but the, the, you know, I, I'm not personally super upset with that ability as a business owner and a marketer you know it obviously has impacts 
Uh, but these are all solvable things. Um, and this is all stuff that we uh, are going to be able to navigate and figure out. But the, the uh, speed bump is the way it's happening. And so this is you know, the interesting part and, and where we kind of have to position ourselves properly, uh, position our, ourselves as, a, a, you know, as, as experts, uh, as, as you know, uh, people with advice and, and uh, ha having those connections. And, and we do, uh, but we're also at the, the, in, in the passenger seat for some, in some regards as well, uh, you know, just like this webinar yesterday, we're, we're learning, we're learning very quickly. Uh, we have experience figuring out these types of things in the past, but this is one of the biggest, this is one of the biggest um, kind of disruptions in terms of data uh, that, that as in my career as a marketer that we've, we've experienced. It's funny, like reflecting back on GDPR or, um, you know, like that was the, the last big bomb. There was the other one in California. Um, mm -hmm. I shouldn't use those two words together. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, GDPR, like that, that I remember, you know, our world panic stricken. But that, you know, we, we came to discover that, that that actually didn't have that much of an impact. I think that this will in comparison. And I think that's like the, the difference for me anyways. It was interesting hearing Moody too. talk last night. Moody was a, Moody, uh, the Mute 6 uh, founder CEO is a great, great character. And he, he was in Joshua Tree meditating and he was sort of saying, he's like, they have the world's greatest engineers working on this right now. And that, you know, he sort of gave that, that sort of line as well as we're probably overestimating its impact. There still are going to be how many, like, I just want to get back a little bit more, just, just a brief thumbnail sketch of, of the, like what's actually happening as well for people. Like I was going to get into some, some of the audience issues that are going to be affected, but let, let's talk about the main thrusts that, that are going to be affected in this d take us away a little bit on the main the main issues got you um so i, I did a i did a kind of like 101 for dummy style like youtube video on this just to try to bring it back down to you know i always try to explain things so that a ninth grader can understand so and, and that's how i receive information as well it, it, essentially uh so let's go back to the prompt thing right let's follow user flow so um, Eric, uh, let's assume this new world order where ATT is in action, the app tracking transparency policy is all in action. Um, and Eric has it shown up on his phone. Uh, he goes, you know what? I don't want to let these clowns track me. So do not allow. I'm opting out. Now in the, uh, in that world, Eric goes on to Instagram or Facebook, uh, sees an app from thesedresses.com and clicks taps on the taps on the um the ad which then redirects to the website now typically when that transaction happens from that microsecond of well depending on the site speed i guess um tapping on this the the ad to go to the site we've got the facebook account id so the fba id and the fb click id that is uh, hash strings you know and, and hash numbers that goes over to the website and then feeds a whole bunch of information over and hands it over to the pixel uh, and any other trackers that are installed by the website. Now, uh, historically, the actions that Eric takes there, like for example, he might browse a few products, adds one to cart, um, and then abandons the cart. Now, in this current world, as marketers and as Facebook advertisers, we can do stuff with that. We know that he's added to cart, we can retarget him, we can do all those different types of things now um, without capturing his email. 
now if if with Eric opted out in that situation, uh, whatever happens on the website in terms of capturing the data, to my understanding, based on my research, website owners can still, if you implement server to server type solutions, you can still capture the data, no problem there. But the issue is when you parse it back to Facebook to say, hey, I wanna retarget this person, Facebook's gonna go, wait a second, we see an, an extra number in the hash Facebook account ID that says ATT opted out. So based off of that action, we can't retarget this person because to stay compliant on the app store, we have to say, sorry, we can't. So, so, they're that pending, right there, so, so Apple, is it the Apple or the app within Apple ecosystem is appending that extra variable, the yes or the no? I think it isn't. That's what I mean. It's an honesty system within the app. So it's Facebook themselves saying, oh, no, we're going to implement this so okay. that if Apple comes in and wants to run some checks, we're all above board and everything's clean and we still want to stay on the app store, which was kind of a bit of the, you know, the starting takeaway uh, with yesterday's Facebook webinar as well, where they were talking about, oh, we weren't going to use IDFA. We we're going to kind of do our own thing and not comply with Apple. And then after internal talks, we decided, no, we, we kind of need to keep sucking on the teeth of uh, Lord Apple. So because that's where they acquire a lot of users, right? It's still the place to um, to be. And keeping in mind, Instagram is on there, too. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so that so that sort of really it speaks of the the, the issues we're going to have with retargeting the, the, the and and conversions and things like that. Um, but then there's the other whole issue of the data fidelity on like the the audience building capabilities of Facebook, like their ability to link internal people together should be limited by this as well, right? To yeah, to my understanding, and that's where they've put in uh, AEM, which is their aggregated manage uh, aggregated event management protocol, and that's how they're trying to use statistical modeling to patch all that uh, what they think might be the loss of that data fidelity, exactly like what you were talking about, um, to try to try to aggregate that, and as to how it gets aggregated, and this is this is the this is the caveat with the whole thing, right? I've got the webinar replay. Um, up right here on my other screen. And uh, after that initial really awkward rant, if you, if anyone that's watching the replay, if you go to nine minutes, 10 seconds on the recap slide, the first bullet point, we are in the midst of massive industry change full of ambiguity. No one has all the answers and Apple hasn't made it clear for anyone. And if Facebook's official one and only global webinar is like, that's the guiding piece of information, for, then you, you can kind of infer where everyone else is inferring from, right? For a company that's so concerned about optics and like, and like all the, the nuances and all the, the, the under the, under the run backdoor cloak and dagger stuff that they do, like, that's just the funniest way to phrase this whole thing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the, like, the positioning... well, let's, just, like, let's just be human for a minute and realize how fucked this actually is. <laughs> how think, funny would it yeah, be if they actually said it like that? <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of passive aggressiveness in that webinar. That's that's for sure. The positioning, like exactly to what your point is, D, is that like there, um, you know, there's a bunch of people who've interpreted before that webinar. And then there's like the post webinar, uh, which is, you know, a whole lot of other information. And it's, it's not completely consistent with the understanding before. And so, you know, us talking through it and us not knowing, you know, the exact pieces of it is a complete reflection of 
the the you know the information that we're that we're getting uh, as well from what should be the sources of, of truth and because those sources apple and facebook are not working together uh and they're working separately they're you know facebook for sure is making some guesses on what they're building in terms of features what they're building in terms of preparation for the, for this release so it's a we're kind of like the the not like uh we're like a child in a divorce you know <laughs> being kind of pulled in in a few different directions and you know getting excited about some things and really, you know, upset about other things. And, and uh, you know, I think that as an agency, you know, we need to be the, uh, I'm just going to keep going with my analogy, but we, we need to be, you know, the, the counselors in this, the, the psychologists and, and help guide, uh, you know, everyone through it, through, uh, you know, the, the experience that we've all had going through these types of things before. Um, because, yeah, it's a bit wild. It's a bit, uh, yeah. you know, turbulent, but uh, certainly it always prevails. There's always, a, there's always a solution. Um, and... and, and there's there within you know facebook itself they are preparing for that solution and they've built on this foundation of kind of you know a market a free market uh, and an auction experience and so the the thing to remember is that we're all in the same place so what affects uh, you know, advertiser one uh, affects advertiser two, and um, the ad space isn't going away. The ad space is no, still there. It's still going to be filled sure. with ads. That's what yeah. I'm just wondering: is it is there going to be a backlash against this when people start getting much worse ads, much less relevant ads, much less maybe more aggressive ads, or, or ways that, that that advertisers are going to try to well, compensate? The one thing we have really garden environment. The one thing we haven't brought up, which I I found, and I, I'm interested to hear about, you know, D, your interpretation is, you know, that announcement of Facebook, where they are pre-prompting Apple's prompt, right? So they, we've talked about the Apple prompt, uh, which is, do you want to be tracked or not? And there is some ability, like you said, to kind of word it, but. Facebook themselves is they're actually going to be pre-prompting um, this prompt. And so they're going to be pleading their case in a way to the users of why you do want to be tracked. And, and so to your point, Eric, you know, aggressive advertising and all this other stuff, like there will be some, some uh, disadvantages to opting out of tracking. You're going to be targeted by ads that are not relevant to you at all. And it, who knows, but in you know a few months, they might be only aggressive, like uh, type yep. of types of ads, like bail bonds or something like that. You know, like old you school. Think of kind old of, school is gonna come back totally. Yeah, that's direct response stuff. Whereas, like you as a user might have a better experience by opting in if you want to remain on Facebook and want to kind of you know have the integrity of of your experience. <laughs> Uh, you know, kept up as of right now. So they're going to plead that case in, in the sense of, of that experience, but they're also going to sell you hard on what they're doing for privacy uh, and to kind of uh, ensure that the safety uh, of your data is at the top of their mind. Sounds like uh, a big since, prompt. Since, so that sounds like a big-ass well, prompt. I'm just saying, like, so, but we haven't seen the prompt. We don't know what the prompt is, right? I know. But like, I 
They, they were making all these assumptions, not knowing the ratio of people who are going to opt in and opt out. And there's going to be this weird thing that happens of like people being convinced one way or another. And I sounds yeah, like the world so right now. I, <laughs> yeah. Totally. This I, I wonder, like Stern, that's really well said, like good customer experience. So the thing that like Facebook hasn't brought up lately since was it 20, when was the congressional hearings on the uh, Cambridge stuff? That was 2016, 2017, something like that. 2017 or yeah, 2017. Yeah, yeah. Since then, Facebook's visibility into what you can do with your data, like where it is and how it's being used, which companies have it. Like you can go and get that. You can download the whole file. It's actually really gross to look at. Um, but like it's just bringing visibility back to that and saying, just opt in. <laughs> just opt in and enjoy your Facebook experience. You don't want to see Democratic ads. You want to see Republican ads. Like, <laughs> um, and, and yeah. the other thing too is just like other risks. I think you just got to remember, like Andrew said, the natural economics of these platforms. If it's not working for someone, CPMs are going to drop. It's going to adjust. There's going to be like, like the, like there's, there's like, and and the other thing is like the biggest risk of all is Facebook. Like they're like a 22 billion or whatever the number is business. Like we're just a drop in the bucket. Like, okay. So you have a client that does like 10 million bucks a year. Like, honestly, they don't care. They need to fix this and they need to make this work. So like D said, there's a lot of smart people figuring out solutions for this. And the economics from what I've seen over the last, across like 20 platforms across the last 12 years or whatever, the economics always balance it out. Compliance versus opportunity, it always balances out. Here's a practical question of, of advertisers because we have they're, they're, the the number of events are going to be limited and the the ability to correlate those events is going to be limited by the by the you know not tracking imp the impression window and by limiting the conversion window to only seven days. Um, I'm wondering, like, are, are advertisers like how are they going to rank those those conversions? And are they are, are you going to be able to just because we always say just go to purchase, you know, advertise to purchase? Are you going to be able to do that anymore? Or you're going to have to go in a more stepwise fashion where you're at where you're warming up the audience one one bit at a time. That was exactly the thought experiment that I was going through as well. Because to my understanding, so you you stack rank them, right? So what you have to do is you have to prioritize in your mind as in as a as an advertiser you have to go in there and go well what what is the number one that i have to pick um and then i have to stack rank all the other ones and supposedly for that one for that top one that you stack rank that is going to have the reporting capability supposedly even for people that have opted out I could be wrong on this, but there was some interpret. There was something that was said in there that caused me to cause me and a few other players yesterday in, in our um, club, clubhouse kind of chat room to to interpret it that way. the 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 thing, the other thing that I heard though within um, the webinar, and I'm a bit hazy on this, even though I watched it twice, uh, is the, the issue with if you go all the way up to the purchase is if the person does not convert, it goes back to being a black hole again mm. because that person did not perform the action to complete the event. So you might then have to go down to the add to cart side of things and, and look at it that way or initiate checkout side of things and look at it that way. So I, I think this that was my understanding. To, I'm just more curious on that point. Like my understanding of that was that it's a waterfall system. And so they can only pass data back 
on on one of those events, which is the, the last event to happen. So that's why like the, that's where the question mark for me is about retargeting is like they are saying that one will pass back. Uh, but so if you have purchase at the top, then you have add to cart and then you have uh, you know view content or whatever, like super simple, uh, like you still will get that one event. That's mm. what that's what I'm that's what I'm understanding. You'll get the last event. Yeah, the last event. You'll which get the last in my event mind, like in my mind, that still allows normal optimization and normal audiences. And so maybe I'm totally misunderstanding it. But again, like that in that webinar when they pulled up that that sheet, that the uh, priority uh, you know event thing, it says right at the bottom for illustrative purposes, you know, it's like, yeah. they're, they're, they're theorizing like, too, you know, the, you know, that's maybe a beta and they're still working on this other stuff, but it's really, they really didn't go into detail to, to, to your point about the, the mechanisms behind that other than to kind of blandly say at the very top, one of the, you know, one event will be passed on click. Okay. Like, what does that mean? Thank you, sir. <laughs> I May I have another? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. It, that we th there is a really uh, element of uh, of unknowing here, and you can see that echoed through what what iOS is even saying. Um, what I'm interested in also discussing is some of the ways that people are talking about orienting their businesses in order to uh, like sort of circumvent this in a way. Obviously, owned audiences are are where this is where we, we, we all the same things that we preach. I think at Pilot House and, and I'm sure at Right Hook as well are the same things that we'll keep preaching to to overcome this. It's it's strong hooky creative. It's it's you know excellent high end creative. It's um you know it's it's that ability to to target granularly and and it's that ability. I forget my exact point on this one. What so so if someone crash land you're my talking about you're talking about customer you're talking about owning owning the ecosystem exactly to, to not depend on it on a platform. I think is where you're going. Exactly yeah. fundamentals, right? That, that's exactly. why they're called fundamentals. Good products, because... good product, good price point, <laughs> and email gate the whole website Life's experience. Easy. That that was the craziest <laughs> idea I heard on the clubhouse uh, last night. Was this guy? This, I forget what brand it was, but it was a high end brand, a high end brand experience where you're you're like in. It's like a speakeasy where you're invited in to even to get in the store. You need to have your email. And that that is where we're going. That's the kind of walled garden mentality that we're kind of going to. We were talking about businesses like Italic, Jeremy Kai, who was just on My First Million today. I'm excited to have him on this podcast as well about the membership program where you, you sign up and you're part of this other ecosystem where you're going to buy. It seems like what are some other ways? The other, even just down to the idea of carpet bombing, they were talking, you know, I shouldn't, again, it's an insensitive term, but carpet bombing is the idea of showing people a bunch of video ads and then retargeting to them based on, uh, based on the amount that they watched. It, it's, I've never been able to make that work super well in practice, but is that kind of thing of like building up your audience, corralling them and then, and then sort yeah. of advertising them within the window. Well, like, are, all, yeah, dude, all, all these, all these things you're talking about are just like old school affiliate shit. It's like, it's like content locking gate, uh, membership programs, like drop shippers are doing that for years, like fishing stores. It's like, get all these, like the, the, all these tactics you're talking about are just like, it's like, okay, cool brands are doing them and this is what pilot house talks about all the time this is like right hook to those guys too it's like it's like dtc direct response marketing and let's figure out creative ways to get around systems that's what affiliate marketing was let's find an efficiency and an opportunity to arbitrage and it's happening and it's just like it's like if you don't do this stuff you're done 
that's, that's it. what if it's going to be yeah. another rising tide situation, right? Where if your ship totally. isn't, isn't tight, uh, there's, there's a real issues. Yeah. There's the, there's the bell cycle of an opportunity or the, the bell curve of an opportunity. And in this industry, it's like they're really fast and short and tight <laughs> and they're getting tighter and tighter and tighter. But, um, chaos creates opportunity. I, you just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta have a little bit of foresight and some experience and a good network and pull through it. I'm, I'm, I think we'll be all right. And a, another thing is the is the deep integration, right? The the idea of being a deep integration partner as an agency becomes more important because you every with everything being so fragmented, you need to have a global idea of what's happening with 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 one of your brand's marketing spends in a lot of ways because attribution is going to be so clustered 100% you know i think like half of our clients we own everything down through to the email um some of them are just facebook and whatnot um the billing model for agencies historically has been spend Let's talk or like that. retainer spend yeah totally so like d i don't know where you're at with this i know that you're performance focused also um some of the other bigger companies are not which is created a good opportunity for companies like ours for sure um but you know we bill on a percentage of roas Ro for the most part but is that sustainable now no <laughs> we, we we don't we don't even know we don't know we don't know so yeah how, how do companies still stay competitive with their pricing through this yeah for sure so i i, I put i put a post out yesterday just to get some mind meld um out on my socials so you know a uh, a fair few people are going so far as to go down to flat fee only, which I'm not a fan of because it doesn't incentivize any, it just, it, it incentivizes people to sit on their fingers, right? And be like, yeah, exactly. sit on their hands. Totally. Well, it's flat fee. Like what's going to change next month? There's no carrot. I, I'm a fan of carrots and sticks. Uh, I'm Asian after all. Sticks are part of our culture. We got smacked when we were kids. I know how this shit works. <laughs> uh, we we so, talk about carrots and sticks a lot too. We, we try to, right. we try to be more, uh, Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think any agency worth, worth their, um, worth their salt is, is definitely imposes their own carrots and sticks uh, with clients. And they talk about that very upfront. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, getting a read, getting a read of what's out there. Uh, some people are going so far as to revert back to flat fee while they figure this thing out. Some people are going to go, let's just work off of ad spend exclusively only. Uh, yeah. Historically we work off of, and this is where the hairy situation is, um, from a measurement standpoint for us, for us, this was a decision made quite er fairly early uh, with the with our team. Let's just keep it really simple with the clients and let's just go off of Facebook reported website purchase conversion value, right? It's easy to understand for clients. They just look in there. What's the number percentage of? Okay, yep. we're good. And then, you know, when we first start the relationship, we're talking about what the lift is based off of their historical past three months, six months, and then we, we take it from there. Now, if those numbers are going to get hazy, that causes a whole different type of like, wait, can we even like, how do you fly a plane when you can't, when the windows are kind of foggy and the dashboards are, are you know, all the gauges are off. Yeah. So, you know, that's why we're, we're really looking at um, server to server type um, infrastructure to see whether that's going to help us be able to report on those numbers or yeah. shift to a simply just a percentage of Shopify based off of just doing comparisons with what's existing right now, what's in Shopify right now, let's totally. negotiate, uh, put, draw a line in the sand and then work off of that way. Uh, yeah. Especially for some of our clients where some of, you know, for some of our clients, we only run their traffic for some other ones, we run their backend and their traffic a, a lot more holistically. So 
it's um it's interesting those, like the, yeah. the, 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 those two those two models you mentioned like that's really client dependent right because there's like clients that are i feel like we run we're, i feel like we're the same people and have the same business and yeah. like what did what did what did eric call it, like soul soul bond we soul bonded soul bond I, i'm On trying to visualize that in a cartoon or something but yeah <laughs> we've always just had the same conversations and it's like the the deductions are always very comparable it's like well <laughs> we need clients that have a good attitude that are trusting and willing to work on a performance process of sort <laughs> give us access to everything so we can do our job properly as well as pay us on overall like that's that's you know what's that source of truth because that's really what it's going to come down to now and you know d I, I don't know what you think but like that conversation is not an easy thing to have with clients uh, not all of them. Some of them, I think it's going to be great. Like our, our, our best clients will work through it. It'll be okay. Some of them, you know, a little cagier, maybe, maybe they're not up for it. Like how, how do you see that playing out? The, that that's, and that's exactly the, uh, that question mark is as big as the one that I had after the webinar. I, I, I really do think it's, it's going to be. And so, you know, we're, 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 it's a tricky situation only because, one, you don't want to seem like uh, you're, you are have some type of ulterior motive to now move the goalposts on the client to go like, hey, yeah. wait a second. You, now you want a piece of my overall pie? Like you want to put your hand in the till? You know, it, it, it previously used to be Facebook only. Now you're talking about the entire Shopify revenue and percentage there. So being yeah. able to explain that and not seem like you're shifting the goalposts, but also at the same time, not sound so condescending that they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you, why are you explaining it to me? Like, I'm an idiot. Like, I get it, you know? Yeah. And, and and to do that at scale, I think it's, I think it's one thing. Um, it's one thing if you have like, you know, if you're a boutique agency, you've got five clients, knock it out in a week, right? We've, we've got like, We've got like 60, 70 clients now. I think I, I forget what the numbers are. So to be able to have my team know what to say and then because they have the intimacy with the clients, not me. So they're the yeah. best placed person to be able to do that. So it's almost like what is the um, my name is strategist at Right Hook and I endorse this message kind of thing. And they can disseminate that accordingly and 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 also answer the handle the Q&A part. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. That's, uh, that's, that's interesting because we're, we're going through that right now, uh, you know, in a similar situation, um, building, you know, client checklists uh, so we can kind of make sure just the very technical stuff is accomplished, uh, that we're on, on the same page and uh, kind of ahead of the curve uh, for, for what Facebook themselves are recommending uh, and other platforms are recommending. Um, but then, you know, you, you really touched on the, the, that, that client narrative side of things. And again, in the same circum circumstances as you guys, um, we can't possibly have all these conversations, uh, you know, in, in a timely fashion with every single, uh, you know, stakeholder involved. Uh, and a lot of it's happening organically in, in a sense, because this is a real time event, right? This isn't something that uh, ha has a clear start or end or, or middle, we're in it right now. So um, to that point, you know, we, we are also building out uh, kind of that communication hit list, uh, in a sense to align the teams, because although, you know, we all are aligned, 
there are many different inter interpretations of this. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of viewed that that would be very helpful, you know, for um, our clients, especially because these conversations are happening in totally different ways, whether it's, uh, you know, a weekly client update or just, you know, through instant message or DMs or, or whatever. Um, th there's a lot of different formats for this stuff. And again, same, same as what you're saying, that the people that are positioned best to, to navigate and guide clients through this are the account leads, uh, you know, the people in the trenches, the people uh, that understand the relationship, the nuances of, of the accounts. Um, so all this to be said, that's that's kind of, you know, from a communication standpoint and a, and a preparation standpoint, but, you know, it does go back to the other side of, of the coin, which you, you touched on, which is the business model and uh, the business model of, you know, our partnership as an agency with our clients. Um, and I use that word partnership because that, you know, in, in our minds has to resonate like from the top to the bottom uh, in this messaging uh, because, you know, like you said, we're not in it to um, pull a fast one or, or do, <laughs> you, know, fly, you know, move the goalpost or, or whatever. It's all about just being aligned. Uh, and, and as a performance agency, that is the number one, uh, you know, it's not a goal, it's like a necessity uh, so that we are serving uh, the, our clients in the best way, looking for the success, doing what they want us to do, um, uh, and having that at top of mind. And, and so um, I think the conversations are, uh, you know, all uh, um, easy enough in the sense that that we've we've positioned and aligned this right from the start with our clients. Uh, um, so it's not like like that part isn't shocking. It's just about uh, coming to that middle ground and, and making sure, you know, those carrots and sticks are going to get the results uh, that everyone wants. I love it. Hey, Andrew, it's we should, uh, that checklist, we should get that out into the community. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you can just include I was thinking that. That would be amazing. I love it. I, I we're, we're running short on time here, and there, there was a few positive notes I wanted to end on, but I, Hitchcock, is there any, uh, is there anything we can talk a little bit about on the, on the Rubik side about how that level of like technical geeky granularity is going to help with things going forward. If this totally shits the bed, I think, I think it's going to go power of five. I think that it's going to go to micro campaigns with very finite targeting, just like the good old days where in RTB. The mobile world, RTB, man, we would target down to like iOS, Samsung 2824, like MIDI player 489. And we we're optimizing <laughs> literally down to like, the hair on someone's on blackberry hand. indonesia that was the one totally that dude and like forums. and that was intense that was intense media buying it was before <laughs> there's before the pixel really and that's how everything used to get bought on all traffic and so i think we're positioned super well as an organization in that like that's how we started um with that being said to the technology question yeah if you can if you can micro target if you can take the dependency away from Facebook's pixel for power of five, you know, stack huge audiences and back it back down into like, I'm just going to a thousand micro audiences, right? Different targeting. If Facebook allows you and gives you more, more device data or more whatever data, you could then optimize like we used to on the platform. And, and it, you know, there'll be technology that comes where we have tech, blah, 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 blah. But like that, that will, I think that that might be a new, a new, 
uh, a, a new old thing that might that might come into play. I'm gonna test I, it's it. It's anyway. crazy to think that we'd be sent back to 2008 levels of totally. uh, of of marketing. I love it. Like, like that's why I'm so stoked on this because it's like every time there's <laughs> chaos in this industry, we capitalize and our clients do well. So like, it's gonna be all good. Shit up, everyone. I think that that smile. It's gonna be. I think that's the that's the that's the interesting point, right? The interesting point is for 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 all of the advertisers that have been um, barraged by Facebook for the past few years to go power five, uh, power five, oversimplify, let the algorithm do its thing. For anyone that's watching this, I think the the important takeaway is. Power of five isn't going to have the power part of power of five might have a strike through <laughs> uh, on, on that lander pretty soon when you go to that web, when you go to that microsite. Right. So it, it's, it, it's taking control back again, like it, it, going against all the things that Facebook said not to do in the past few years of, you know, trying to hack the system and game game it and try to yeah. wrestle with the algorithm. It still it's works. Back. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, Dave, of course, you know, you know you can hack that power of five shit. You know it. And their narrative's gonna have to change. And I'm fascinated to see what happens over the next six months from this. Uh, Very interesting. We've always had a modified view of power of five. Uh, that that, that kind of works, but you know, it still uses some of those base concepts. I, I, I think that they're certainly gonna be updating their best practices. Uh, that might take a while. We're gonna figure that out, you know. The, the people like, uh, you know, Right Hook and Pilot House, we're going to figure that out a lot faster than Facebook, that's for sure. Um, but the, the other thing to think about is that there's there's a lot of different buckets, right? There's, uh, and this is the thing that we're, um, you know, we're, we're considering as well with our different clients. And I know D you brought this up as well is the different stages of clients, like, you know, those brands that are spending $10 million, you know, in a month versus those people who are figuring it out, but they have this potential. And so all of the, you know, those strategies to, to what Kyle's saying, um, they're going to have different value for different types of clients. The, the people who are established who are, uh, or the brands that are established, you know, they might be able to be okay with power of five and not have the data being fed into the machine because they have this amazing product. They have this amazing messaging and Facebook, you know, is probably prioritizing their uh, prediction and, and their, their features for those types of clients. And so uh, like, let's not, let's not blow everything up yet. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna we're gonna get really strategic when it comes to where you're at in in uh, how comfortable you are on the platform, uh, and uh, you know there's there's solutions for all of it. That's for sure. I love it. Nice. Well, this will be an ongoing conversation. Uh, now, now that we have confirmed the soul bond, we can have D back on anytime. Uh, and let's get uh, D on here like on the regular. Let's set it up quarterly <laughs> or something. I think he'd be down, uh, or just awesome. join us on Clubhouse. That you, uh, you know, I think I think that's the uh, the other takeaway out here. If you're, I don't have an invite right now, but but I bet Diaz about a thousand because he's uh, because he's I, such a power moderator on it. I but, bought an iPhone to get on it. Amazing! Wow! <laughs> I think that's, you'd love it, Hitchcock. Apple doesn't pontificate. need this pixel. Like I just bought an iPhone to get on Clubhouse. All they need to do is buy Clubhouse and then destroy Facebook and like, boom. Perfect. <laughs> Bing, bang, Perfect. boom. Perfect way to end it. Thank you so much for coming on today, D. We'll uh, have you back soon for another chat. And uh, yeah, cheers. Good luck over there on the other side of the world in the future. 
Yes, sir. Appreciate you. See you, D. Thanks, yeah, man. You too. Cheers. Yeah, thanks.